there's some great studies now that have shown that people who have who are pre-diabetic and postpone the treatment of their diabetes have massive reductions in foot strength. Um, and now this is not because they've got neuropathy. This is not because their nerves and their motor controls stop functioning because they're mm. diabetic. This is a response to the change in their physiology and their body has actually caused wasting of the intrinsic muscles in their feet. Thanks for tuning in to Simply the Best Podiatry. I'm Jason Agosta, and that was Matt Dillnot, podiatrist at Melbourne Foot Clinic and clinical educator at La Trobe University. We are following on from last week's foot strengthening episode and focusing on the diabetic foot and the role of foot strength. And moving on, talking about foot strength, uh, we are talking people with diabetes and Matt Dillnot is going to enlighten me again, being the most intelligent man in podiatry, I was told more recently. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey, Jace. I'm not sure whether diabetes is a, a um, sort of a, a special area of yours, is it? Uh, look, I can't, I can't claim to be a specialist in um, diabetes, but I, I did actually do my original honours research in diabetes. Um, so I suppose in a bit of time, in the uh, Alfred Hospital doing research on monofilaments. Um, but that's a long time ago. Um, but um, we've, we've spoken before about the importance of having toe strength and shifting loads away from the forefoot. Mm. And this, I think, is one of the, um, uh, the really important parts of diabetes. Uh, I, I get really excited about it, actually, um, because I feel like there's such a hole in this area that has not been addressed. And I think it may also be partly because of the fragmentation of podiatry into those who do sports medicine and biomechanics and those who do diabetes care yeah. and do wound care. And I know that they do have skill sets around um, offloading, padding, wound dressings, all sure. sorts of wonderful things. Uh, but I think the fragmentation of those of those two areas is that we're not getting that cross-fertilisation of the knowledge that we've developed in musculoskeletal medicine could actually come across into the management of, of, of people mm. with diabetes. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll give you, a, again, I know in the last episode we talked about old research, but I'm going to do the same again now because the stuff that was published in the past was so much better, of course, wasn't it, Jason? Um, <laughs> but um, no, it was actually a paper published way back in 1989 um, and um, by an author by the name of Halevsky. Um, that was in the Journal of Rehabilitation Research and, and Development. Um, and he made the observation that approximately 30% of people with diabetes have clotoid deformity. Um, but what was interesting is that they represent 85% of people with ulceration. So when you walk into a room, right. and it makes, it makes obvious sense mm. you know, to us, but you walk into a room and you are deciding whether you're going to do a diabetes assessment or not on that particular patient, you walk in and you see straight toes or claw toes, it changes the risk factor for that person straight away. Sure. 85% of people with ulceration 
um, have got clortose. So in other words, if you don't have clortose, your risk of ulceration is incredibly low. Mm. You could have terrible circulation. You can have uh, terrible neuropathy. But if your toes are straight, you actually distribute load differently and you end up with lower forces and you don't ulcerate. Yeah. So um, no one ever told me that when I was a student. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the plant of pressure again. It's the plant of pressures. Exactly. Yeah. You just overload those tissues and the tissues can't respond and recover fast enough mm. for all sorts of reasons, of course. But that particular nugget of information is, is really useful in when we go to assess patients. So so for those podiatrists out there who are assessing patients, um, don't forget just to make a note of their toe position yeah. uh, as, as one of the things that's going to suggest whether that person's at risk or not. It's MTP prominence, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Now, going on further from that is the fact that podiatrists aren't routinely maintaining that mobility and strength around those toes. So if someone wants, you have those patients who come in and see you for their diabetes assessment, and they want to be proactive to reduce their risk of ulceration in the future. And so many times as podiatrists, we're still like, well, just come and see me in another year's time or two mm. years' time. We'll measure your monofilaments and your vibration stuff. Don't worry about doing anything because at the moment you've got no problems at all. Yeah, okay. I, I, I feel like I want to be proactive. I want to give that person something to do to reduce their risk. Now, besides actually manage, managing their diabetes well, uh, one of the things we can simply do is maintain the mobility of the MCPJs, maintain the strength in their toes, and maintain the alignment of their toes. If mm. we can do that, we're at least doing something that's got some evidence to suggest we're going to reduce the risk of ulceration that they can participate in. Now, whether they choose to do that or not, is another thing mm. but i think at least it's not just sitting on our hands waiting for something to happen in the future we're actually guiding them to be you know, to do something useful so yes. i just get my patients to mobilize their feet at night just in front of the tv or whatever it may be just mobilizing their mm. toes maintain that that flexibility in their joints i get them doing the valet maneuver we talked about earlier the earlier episode um doing strengthening of their toes just simple things like that i think are really really useful mm. now I will actually refer to um, some other research just quickly um, because it does not all the good stuff was done in the past. There was actually a really important paper that I would <laughs> like to refer to um, by a guy by the name of Victor Chui or Shui. I can't, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it in Chinese, um, but C H E U Y. He published a paper in Foot and Ankle International in 2016. The reason this paper is particularly useful is because this guy was the first to come up with a clear answer as to why some people get clortos and why some people don't. He talked about basically the changes, the intrinsic muscles in the forefoot and how there was a, a very strong correlation between wasting of the intrinsic muscles in the forefoot and clawing of the toes. Okay. So I would be very keen to refer people back to that or to go and look that paper up and learn about it because this is something I give to the students whenever I get the opportunity because the students had, will say to me, oh, this person's got claw toes. And I say, well, why is that happening? And they don't have any idea why that mm. is. And I think we've actually got some good a good paper now or papers around now that are actually giving us some good evidence as to why this is actually happening. So when we see that foot, though, with the clawed toes, so the toes are extended, prominent MTP, that does coincide often with uh, ankle equinus or a limited it does. A bit, it an, does. An inability to dorsiflex. Absolutely. Oh, 
you've read and my mind. Is that mind. because of muscle wasting? <laughs> yeah. So I think I think there is basically a bit of a uh, an interesting um, pattern here, whereby as we get typically when muscles waste, um, particularly the 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 calf muscle, um, it, it will shorten. Mm. So as we get shortening of the gastrocs, and so in diabetes, we have a really, really high rate of, of Aquinas. Ultimately, we get shortening of the of the gastrocs. This causes an Aquinas. This then leads to the next problem, which is ground clearance. And so in order to clear the ground, we need to pull our toes back in order to clear the ground. And we need to offer, obviously, lift the foot through the tibialis anterior and extended digitorum longus, pulling the foot up to help clear the ground. And subsequently, those muscles have to work extra hard to pull those toes up to clear the ground. And so we start to get pulled up into that dorsiflex position of the toes. Right. So we're talking tendon contracture over a period of Correct. time. Absolutely. Okay. That's right. So we've got this wonderful setup occurring where the calves are getting short, causing an Aquinas. The extended digitorum longus is having to work harder. It pulls the toes up. There is no chance that these intrinsic muscles, and of course, when we've got diabetes, we've got wasting those intrinsic muscles. There's no way that they're going to be able to overpower the, those extensors. So it is such an, another important part that we should be maintaining with these patients is how do we keep those gastrocs long? Yeah. How do we keep them strong and long and flexible Earlier on, don't wait until it's already the horse has bolted and it's yeah. tw- twenty years down the down the down the road. We want to be treating those patients as soon as possible for to stop them from developing an Aquinas in the first place. So this Here gets back we, to what you said earlier. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, Just right. to that's reiterate good. what you said earlier is someone comes in a diabetic and they might be going might be traveling okay, but there is plenty to do. Absolutely, exactly, and then lower limb strengthening and and foot strengthening. Exactly, and it's not Mm. complicated either. You can say, "Here's Mm. okay." What we need to do is just get you into good habits around maintaining calf length, calf strength, maintaining your mobility in your forefoot. By doing these things, we're going to help reduce your risk of developing high pressure areas in the long term. Yes, that stuff on on ankle Aquinas and 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 uh, extensors from longest contracture and intrinsic being overpowered. That biomechanical process, we've sort of been guessing at for years and years and years as to how it comes about. Mm. But this is the first paper which I would, as I say, strongly advise people to have a look at, which actually helps to say, yes, we can now see the basic chain of events that's actually happened. With Angela Hone here, the Journal of Biomechanics one. Yep. Can we strengthen yep. feet and diabetes with that? We can. We can. The only drama with it is is that obviously it's the always the issue is that um, – we can we can in, increase the strength of of people with neuropathy and with um, wasting. It's just whether you can reverse the process. Well, yeah, there's only a five percent increase in muscle volume. It says at a fifty a fifty percent increase in strength. I think the the thing was this is only a small paper, but it at least gave us a glimmer of hope. It was only eight weeks. It was a fairly small study, but it showed that you can actually reverse in people with peripheral neuropathy you can actually change and so i think for a lot of time we just give up and just think oh well there's nothing we can do yeah okay but 
I think it said that we could actually, um, we can actually start to work our way out. I think in the early stage, someone's been pre-diabetic, they've sort of done the wrong things, haven't looked after themselves, you yeah. catch them early, you can actually start doing foot strengthening and help to reverse that. That That's the magic there though, isn't it, as you mentioned? I think so. Yeah. I think when so. When someone's going okay, as I mentioned. Yep. Yeah. We need to get them and get them on the um, on the lengthened strengthening. Yes, exactly. Literally. Yep. Okay, Matt, well, um, we might have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm just going to reiterate it. The most important thing is the toe strengthening to distribute load at the forefoot. Yep. That's what we're Absolutely. really sort of you know, earmarking here. Absolutely, exactly. Crucial. All right, thank you once again. I really appreciate you coming on with me. Thank Good you. Thanks for tuning in. Check the show notes for more details and links where you can also follow and support the show. There are some great references there on this episode of Foot Strength and the Diabetic Foot. Thanks for listening. Tune in and I'll be with you.